Good morning. Wow, we've got a really good crowd this morning. I want to thank each and every one of you for being here. You know, part of what we are supposed to do as Christians is look at our lives and see if we are living the way we should be. The biggest thing, I guess, that we have to watch out for is sin, which is the thoughts or behavior which are contrary to the glory or character of God or to commit an offense against God's laws. Every single one of us sins. We all have things that we do from time to time that separate us from God. Now, you know, I guess part of what makes it important for us to examine ourselves and, and make sure of what we're doing is that, that when we sin, one of the biggest things we need to do is to get back up and dust ourselves off and start trying again. Because if we just give up and we decide, okay, we're just going to stay in that sin, then the problem is then we're totally separated from God. Which, that's not a good situation, folks. Now, in 1 John 3 and verse 4, it says, Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. Sin is, is like I said, separating ourselves from God. It's also deciding that it doesn't matter what God's told us to do or not to do. We're going to do what we want to do. And that's what separates us from God. Because we've, we're ignoring Him. And you can't be in Him if you're ignoring Him. In 1 John, the 5th chapter, verse 17, it says, All unrighteousness is sin, and there is sin leading not to death. You know, it's, it's difficult for us to imagine life without there being sin. As a matter of fact, I can't get there from here. I don't know about the rest of you, but I... I have too many things I do I shouldn't or don't do that I should, that it's a real problem. Therefore, to, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. Like I said, there's all kinds of things that I know I need to be doing, except sometimes I don't go do them. That's a problem. In Romans 14, verse 23, But he who doubts is condemned if he eats, because he does not eat from faith, for whatever is not from faith is sin. This is in the chapter where he's talking about eating meat that's been sacrificed to idols, and how some people that causes a problem too, and you're not supposed to indulge in that or, or cause others to sin. That's what he's talking about here. If you, if it doesn't bother you, you still got to make sure it's not bothering somebody else in your application of it. But if, if you 
don't have a problem with it, nobody else is around, it may not be a problem. But if, if I'm there and it causes me a problem, then you need to avoid it. Because you might be causing me to say, well, if he can do it, I can do it. Except, well, we get into a whole nother lesson there. We'll just go on. Proverbs 24 and 9, the devising of foolishness is sin, and the scoffer is an abomination to men. When, when, when you're looking for ways to commit foolishness, And, you, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm the only one that does stupid stuff like that. But, you know, I do that sometimes. Just try to make a fool out of myself, I guess. And, and that's, that's not what you need to do. It's not what we need to do. We need to be sober-minded. It doesn't mean we can't have fun. But it does mean that we don't need to be being foolish. Looking for ways to be foolish. The first source of sin is Satan. In John the 8th chapter, in verses 42 to 47, Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I proceeded forth and came from God, nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. You are of your father the devil, and the desires of your father you, you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and does not stand in the truth. Because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources. For he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears God's words. Therefore you do not hear because you are not of God. Satan puts things in front of us to try and trip us up. He looks in our heart and he finds those things that we lust after or he finds those things that we see other people doing that just really bothers us and so we want to avoid those people. Or he finds that little bit of resentment we've got in our heart. And he, he gnaws at that resentment. And he, he makes us concentrate on it. And, 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 and feed it. And make it grow. So that we resent somebody, whoever's done something to us. And when we resent them, you ever realize that when you spend time worrying about what somebody's done to you, you're not paying attention to God. You're paying attention to your resentment. You're paying attention to, to that, that thing that's bothering you instead of paying attention to God. That's part of what sin is, is separating yourself from God. The second source of sin is in, is in our heart. In Matthew, the 15th chapter, verses 16 to 20. So Jesus said, 
Are you also still without understanding? Do you not yet understand that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. You'll remember this is right after the Pharisees got on to Jesus because his disciples didn't wash their hands before they ate. It's the things coming from the heart that defile us. What, what we think about, what we want to put our time in on. The third source of, source of sin is our lust. In James, the first chapter, verses 12 to 15, it says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he's been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he's tempted, I'm tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. But when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. When you think about something that you want, It almost doesn't matter what it is. It's whatever consumes your being. If, if you are concerned about anything to the exclusion of almost everything else in your life, you need to consider whether that's a problem for you. Because that's what lust is, is, is thinking about something all the time. And again, to the exclusion of God, to the exclusion of doing what you should be doing in spending time with God and, and in worshiping Him. In Romans, the fifth chapter, verses 12 to 21, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed for when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. But the free gift is not like the offense, for if... By one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. And the gift is not that which came through the one who sinned, for the judgment which came from the one offense resulted in condemnation. But the free gift which came from the offenses resulted in justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as through one man's offenses, ju offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obe obedience many, were made, many will be made righteous. 
Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded much more, so that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Through Adam, sin came into the world. Through Jesus Christ, we receive grace from God. And, and that sin is forgiven if we ask for it to be forgiven by the sacrifice that Jesus made for you and for me. I don't know about the rest of you, but to me that's a beautiful thought. If I repent of the things I've done, God is faithful to forgive those sins. What are some sins? Well, let's see. We've talked about, whoops. We've talked about evil thoughts and murders and adulteries and fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies, uncleanness, lewdness. In Galatians, it talks about idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envies, junk drunkenness, revelries, and the like. Let's see, and the like. That's where I really wanted to go with this. How often do you sit down and think about where's your life going? What are you doing? You know, one of the things that, that I have a problem with is, is I've got a lead foot on, on my car, foot, I guess, because I have to watch out if I'm really not paying close attention and I don't have my cruise control set, I'll find myself, shall we say, well past the speed limit. And then I come up behind these people that are driving five and ten miles an hour below the speed limit and then I get irritated. Maybe the rest of you don't have that problem. I do. <coughs> and <clears throat> then I start thinking about things that I hadn't ought to be thinking about and it creates, it's, it's a feedback loop. I don't know, maybe the rest of you don't have that problem but I do. And this, you know, and I got to thinking when I was doing this sermon, I got to thinking, you know, generally speaking, <clears throat> I set my cruise three miles an hour over the speed limit. And you know, I got to thinking that's wrong. I need to be setting my cruise on the speed limit. Or maybe a little bit below. Because how often do we as individuals try to get as close to that line as we can in how we're living? And you know, if, 
if we're supposed to be living according to God's law and God said for us to obey civil law, then that means if somebody set a 70 mile an hour speed limit on the freeway, we need to be going no more than 70 miles an hour. When it's 35 miles an hour in university out here, we're not supposed to be going 45 or 40 or 38 or 37. We are supposed to be going the speed limit or less. How often do we in our life press as close as we can to those other sins? How often do we concern ourselves with the things that we want instead of what God wants us to be doing? How often do we concern ourselves with resentment about what someone has done to us or to somebody in our family as opposed to how can I help that person? How can I do something that's going to make that person feel good? You see, sin is oftentimes self-centered, centered on, on, on selfish kinds of things instead of giving to others, trying to be helpful to others. It's concerning me instead of me turning to God. Part of what we have to do is, in our Christian walk is to look at our life and see if we're stuck in a sin somewhere, if we've got a problem, and look at what we need to do to fix it, to make it better. And then do it. Don't just give up. Nobody said it's always easy because it ain't. But today, if there's some way that we can help you to take care of your needs, won't you let us help as we stand and as we sing?